the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Healthcare Now with your hosts, Larry Jones and Dr. Mark Shayat. Want to become an educated healthcare consumer? Then join our discussion about all things healthcare and understand how to navigate our complex U.S. healthcare system. Now, let's join our hosts in the Healthcare Now studios. Welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones. We're in the Healthcare Now studios, and we are set for another ride on the healthcare engineering train here. Good evening on an afternoon where the heat index oh is 112, Dr. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, man, it is, it is, is warm. What is this weather? It is warm. Uh, you know, it's a lovely thing living in Florida, but we do have to pay... Right. But this is all across the country. Well, we warned our listeners the about the heat this summer. We went we did. through some we of did. that. Yeah, yeah I, I think uh, you know it's one of those things that we we deal with uh, very well here yeah. in Florida. But uh, yeah, it's no, it's noticeable. You just you just don't want to hang out outside in the middle of the day. It's just not it's not safe. Yeah. Do they put roofs on homes this time of year? I tell you, I tell you, can that, you imagine that? No. Working out in the working out in the yards and the roofs oh, yeah, yards. are just yeah. these these guys are just oh it's so hard they so wear hard long their sleeves they wear jackets they wear oh yeah hats, hats. and scarves yep, sure, around sure. their face yep. and they've got to be burning up oh yeah and they've got to just drink gallons yeah, and gallons yeah, of water it's yeah. just un- unbelievable yeah God no, bless those guys yeah, absolutely yeah. no it makes me very grateful that I have yeah. an indoor job there's no question exactly. about that. Yeah, my so, wife's uh, air conditioner in her car wasn't working real well the other day, and we about panicked. You know. Oh yeah, you got to be done. I mean, yeah. you can't. You, I mean, well, you, she's taking it in tomorrow. We just spent a lot of money on the air conditioner. Yep. It's still not working. Yep. No, I, I tell you, it, if you roll down the windows, it's it's kind of like when you open the oven cooking a pizza. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's really warm. Really That's warm. a good scenario. Yep. All right. Well, let's get rolling on something yep. more interesting than the heat. Uh, yep. and some, something uh, that changes a little more frequently. You yep. know, we talk about the healthcare systems that are. Uh, succeeding, right? Yes. And so we've we've seen over the last five years some some closures. Yep. And then we've seen some of the uh, leaders continue to grow. Yep. And as w- as within most businesses, you get the winners and consolidations, yep. and you know the ones that are just getting by. Any yep. type of stress in in the economy yep. is going to make them uh, make them fall. But so we've got one of our big players here in Central Florida yeah. is Orlando Health. Yeah, uh, we talk about Orlando Health all the time. A lot of my you know, my students rotate over Orlando Health. Right. They're right. a full service multi campus facility. Right. But they have really concentrated in the Central Florida area. Yes. Extending to the surrounding counties. Right. Right. They but, went down to Polk County, but they've never gone over onto the Tampa side. Right. Right. And and we do know that their their main competitor, Advent Health, they've is already been there. Yeah. Huge. I don't know if you've yep. been there lately, but if you drive in Tampa. It's like you're here in Orlando. You see yeah. Advent Health advertisements oh, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Well, they started, they, you know, when they bought University Health uh, Hospital System over there, and then they've just expanded from yeah. there. No, it is. Yeah, yeah. And they, they've. Uh, yeah, that's now called Advent Health. Yeah, and and yeah, yeah I'm, I know that that place that very well. One of my good, kids yeah. were born in that hospital. Is that and, right? Yep, and I oh, trained wow. trained right down the street. So, okay. so it's interesting. It's, it's called University Hospital, but it didn't have anything to do with the university. Right, right. right it's right, right by University exactly. of South Florida, but yep. nothing to do with it. 
But so now, so now Orlando Health has taken a move that does get them into a market in Tampa. Yeah. Yes. Tell they're us about move, that. They're moving into Hillsborough and Pasco County. Mm-hmm. They bought a a group called Florida Medical Clinic, Dr. Mark. Right. And this is a multi-specialty physician group with 54 locations, 350 providers, 40 medical specialties, and almost 2,000 employees. Right. So a number of years back here in Central Florida, mm-hmm. uh, they they actually uh, took over another group just like this, right? So the uh, – was it the physicians, physicians associates? associates. But that so, was all primary care. No, 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 not at no. all. No, they had OBGYN, oh, they had, oh, orthopedics, PDA. Yeah, 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 true. So, so yeah. they they had a they had yeah. multi specialty yeah, there, and, and still still do. And it's interesting yeah. what they've done there is there were a number of acquisitions at that time of different specialties and primary yeah. care, yep. and they've lumped it all yeah. together under that yeah. same. Physician, yeah. I think it's a Physicians Associates of Orlando Health or vice yeah. versa. And that's been about five or six years now, and I actually know some of those physicians. Oh, I know a lot of and them. And they're pretty happy with what's oh, yeah. going on. Yeah, no, they yeah. they have uh, continued to expand their facilities. Yeah. I think it you know, it all worked out and it, it what's been what was most interesting to me on the pediatric side is they had acquired some pediatricians through that that association and then they had another large group that they acquired. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of melded it all together, which makes sense. It's yeah, the Orlando yeah, Health sure. you know, Physicians Group. Right. And so that, that's where they are. Now, this group will likely become sort of a branch of that same organization, I would imagine. Well, it's interesting. As a result of this uh, acquisition, Orlando Health is going to build a new hospital in Winegrass Ranch. I don't know where that is. Pinellas County. That's Pinellas? Okay. All right. And uh, they've bought a – it's a master plan community. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's one down in Apollo Beach like that too, south of Tampa. Gotcha. uh, Called Waterset. Interesting. But this is Winegrass Ranch. It's going to be at the corner of State Road 56 and Winegrass Ranch Boulevard. Uh, and they're looking at uh, a hospital with uh, about 100 100 beds starting out. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's a – that's an interesting play because you know yeah. that you have to have a place to you know put these clients that you develop, right? Yeah, and yeah. and they're not going to go easily if you try to transfer them over to Central Florida, right? Um, which that's that's been that's a different angle to it. Getting the physicians first, mm-hmm. and I say different; it's it's not unusual. You can you, it's it's a chicken and egg thing, right? Yeah. Advent had acquired hospitals first. Yeah. And then physicians second, and they used a lot of physicians from here in Central Florida to cover yeah. as they grew. Right. So here, a little bit different. I mean, I assume that these these groups they already have areas they can they send to. Well, they've already got a huge patient base. Over yeah. There. And, yeah, and right. But yeah. what we're talking when we talk Orlando Health here in Orlando, we talk Orlando mm-hmm. Health, Advent Health. Go over to Tampa, and there are other hospital systems over there. You've got BayCare, you've got uh, t- you know Tampa yeah. General Hospitals Tampa General. there, yep. and so yep. there, this is going to be a whole new line of uh, competition yep. that I'm, they're very aware well, of. I mean, it's not like it's a lot, million miles. Believe away. it or not, this FMC Florida Medical Clinic has been around over in that market since 1993. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I left time. there. I left there in '95, so I was not familiar with them at that. They were that probably point. just growing. Probably at that just time. getting getting yeah. started. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's that is interesting, yeah. and but this is going to serve residents in North Hillsborough and Pasco County, the gotcha. new hospital. Gotcha. All right, it's yeah. probably near Wesley Chapel. Uh, I would say south way. of Spring Hill mm-hmm. before you get to Brooksville down in that area. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, not hugely populated, but but fast growing. Well, Brooksville is growing yeah, very, very fast, fast, very, very fast. fast. Yeah, people that that bought yeah. that land, they've owned that land yeah. for for generations and yeah they're definitely seeing uh, an yeah. explosion of growth there so dr mark let me kind of switch uh 
messages here just a minute. Okay. There was an article recently in the Orlando Sentinel entitled Doctor's Office Care at Hospital Prices. So the issue here with Florida medical clinics, they were, they were independent doctors. Now that they're owned by Orlando Health, does the price go up? Yep, it does. Talk about that. It does. I mean, there. I mean, that's one of the issues that we argue when when people are going to independent practices or independent facilities. Yep. Uh, that your fees are lower, mm-hmm. and generally your fees are lower um, because that that's set up all by the insurance companies. There's, right. This is what they're going to pay. That's right. Whereas if they're hospital based, yep. they can. I'll, I'll say they get leverage away with. the inpatient yep. piece to get better right. rates for the doctors and charge a facility fee. Yep. So, so that that's just a, a trick that that can yep. then happen. And and as we've talked about years ago, um, there was the the law passed that said they needed to demonstrate what these costs were up front, literally right. like like you know like hanging the elevator inspection thing on the on the elevator door that's right. to say what it is. And what did we say? It's been a long time, like less than 11% of hospitals and their extensions actually cooperated with that. It was and less than 15%. Yeah. 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 yeah so, right. so I'm sure it's not any better. No, I'm sure it's not. I mean, you don't hear the conversation anymore. The loop. No, you don't even hear that uh, transparency and billing is even an issue. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And, and yet they were going to fine them, and they didn't do that either. Yeah. No, yeah. no, there was no yeah, – there was but really I no recourse. The, the issue here is that when independent physicians become – part of a hospital system, they then become employed physicians. Right. Your billing goes up, your copays go up, your out of pocket costs go up. And and sadly, your collections percentages usually drop and your efficiency yep. goes down. Yep. And it's sort of a I mean, the, the, everyone knows this, right? And any right. anytime right. if they look at these hardworking physicians, we know that their productivity, no matter who they are, yeah. it drops over time because right, right. honestly, they don't have any skin in the game, or there's just sort of a either a sense of relief that they don't have the responsibility, right. or just that they don't have the responsibility yeah. for the business side of this. Well, you know, there is some legislation out there that's trying to level this playing field, Doctor Mark. Yeah, to where it's not advantageous for large health systems to buy primary care doctors because it just drives the prices up. Right, and they're trying to get sight of. Uh, what do you call it? Site Oversight. of service. Uh-huh. Yeah. Site of service to where if you're not on the campus of a hospital, right. you can't build facilities. Yeah, because there were like early on, there were discussions about what was a freestanding surgery center yes. or what you could charge. Was yep. it was it who owned it that determined what the facility fees were it, or was it where it was? It was what who owned it. Yeah. So so you've got a lot of these areas. So now a hospital can just build a building Right, literally yeah. across the street from their yeah. main hospital, and it's in in fact can charge just yeah. like the main hospital, or buy a physician practice that has nothing nowhere close to the hospital and start charging higher fees. Right, we should probably back up yeah. and and say yeah. that. So, if you had a surgery center, you had a physician owned surgery center back in the day, right? Um, the the reason they opened is because they saw the efficiencies and cost savings. Yes, and quite frankly, it was the investment deal of a lifetime in the eighties. And early 90s, if you could get into a surgery center because you could do all this work, but the insurance companies were paying you. This is the opposite problem. They exactly. were paying you the same amount of money as if you had it done in the hospital. Right. You could do twice as many cases. And so the value of these centers kept going up. And then typically, you know, they're not 100% owned by physicians. It's usually a split. There's a 51% owner that's a management company. Yep. 
Well, those management yeah. companies were jumping around and saying, oh, man, that surgery center is just killing it. I want to buy it. Right. So they buy it, but they keep the doctors in. So at the end of the day, the doctor's share is quite lucrative. Yes. And then the insurance company came along and said, you know what? You guys do this so much more cheaply, we're going to pay you less. That's right. And now it's difficult to, to yeah. do – you can't do the same model, but it's difficult no. to even just get by and to make something that's valuable enough that another company might be interested in it. Yeah. And so so that that's where we were, yep. and that's where the hospitals were like, well, you know, I, I can just – now the hospital can be that partner. Right. And is. Right. And there's a, there's a number of companies that where hospitals have – gotten together with outpatient surgery groups mm-hmm. and and now they can charge hospital fees. Yeah, and and many times the payer in fact says, well, we can ke- if we can keep them out of the hospital, what we're trying to do on the independent physician side is say pay us better, we'll do a better job of keeping patients away from the right, ER right. And out of the hospital. Well, United put out a letter years ago that yeah. said if there's a procedure that can be done in an outpatient surgery center, right. then it needs to be done there or well, it won't they won't be even approved. Pay for it. Well, That's now right. yeah. they're get they're getting it shot back at them because that's it is right. being done in outpatient surgery yes. center, but it's a surgery center that's owned by that's an entity right. that's going to be so able to charge them the same. Fees. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Now that's that's that is a very yeah. messy thing that that when I talk to friends in other industries, that they're like, how can that be? Yeah. I mean, how yeah. how can you buy a, if you buy a Coca Cola at Seven Eleven? Versus buying a Coca Cola at a mom and pop store, yeah. Why you know, should it cost it's, it's got to cost about the same, or you just don't go, right? That's right. But that's but right. that's not true. It's, it's, yeah. it's like those gas stations by the airport, right? Yep. That were just that's gouging right. out gas prices or near the freeways. Yep, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, All right, what we got when we're coming back? We, we, you know, we keep talking about the transition of primary care and the evolution of right. where primary care with private equity. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about can the hospitals compete with what Amazon's doing and with their Amazon clinics, Dr. Mark. We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. You have found Dr. Mark and Larry Jones back in the Healthcare Now studios, and we just finished a little discussion about acquisitions of primary yes, care, yes. and actually uh, not just primary care, of, of multi- all physicians, yeah, all physicians. Yeah, yeah. and a uh, little, little discussion on how facilities buy based on their ownership, yep. it, can, it can be a dramatic difference yeah. in what their charges are. And but you I, know, Dr. Mark, I do believe that there is legislation proposed to try and level the playing field. Yes. And what they're telling them is if you're outside of 10 miles of an actual hospital campus, you can't charge facilities. Yeah, but that's ridiculous, Larry. 10 miles is a yeah. huge distance. It is. Because you could build, yeah. I mean... I don't know. I mean, no, I agree yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah. It's got, it should I think be much that's closer. Where some of the legislation is. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, ten miles would cover almost the entire city of Orlando. Right. Because if you said that you had to be outside of ten miles yeah. of a a Orlando of, or, of, or, or say Advent, Advent Health. Health. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of like those those non competes that we talk about. You yeah. can't really find one. So that's I don't know. Right. It's, that, right. It may work in other areas, yeah. but it's going to be tough for this. Tough for and us. You know, here while in we're talking about primary care, there's a big issue coming on. Amazon announced this week that they are going to expand their telehealth clinics right. in all 50 states, Dr. Mm-hmm. Mark. And so hospitals now, and I've got all kinds of 
comments from CEOs of large health systems saying, how do we compete with this new telehealth service that Amazon's rolling out nationwide? Well, you know, telehealth has exploded, not not only because of COVID, but it, it, it was just, it was the right timing and COVID accelerated it. It is the right thing. But there are so many, I can't tell you how often I'm connected with a company that says, you know, for investment or, mm-hmm. or, or discussion yeah. about these, they're starting all these new telehealth things. And the truth is the technology isn't difficult. You know, it, it's pretty, right. pretty simple to, to yeah. pull off the security and the HIPAA compliance is something that we've got figured out, yep. right? Yep. And if you go to a company like Amazon, we've talked about this in the very beginning when Amazon announced they were getting into healthcare. The reality is, well, they don't know anything about healthcare, but they yep. do know about this, right? And right. and if they got serious, we yep. and again, if you go back to some shows from a year ago, uh-huh. we said if they got serious about this kind of thing, then they, no one can compete with that, them. No, yeah. it is not. An even playing field. And let me let me make a statement. Uh, mm-hmm. The CEO of uh, Providence Health Systems in uh, uh, Upper State Washington, Renton, Washington, the state of Washington, made the comment: "We aren't surprised Amazon Clinic went national, and or retail organizations are applying their consumer expertise." It says we should be learning from them, taking proven technology that supports health access and navigation, and applying it to a much more complex care journey within our own health system. I mean, I'll just say that that's either a highly biased idea because he's looking yeah. for a job with Amazon yeah. Yeah. or the fact that he's in the Amazon region. He's been exposed to this for yeah. much, much longer well, than the rest recall, of the country. Amazon only rolled it out to 20 states initially. Right. The state of Washington was one of them. Right. Now they're well, rolling it out well, nationally. Yeah, and Seattle was their test site that's all the well, way along. Seattle, yeah, yeah. So Right. Yeah. So this is yeah. this is all that yeah. piece. Yeah. So, so, I mean, interesting comment. I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying yeah. you have to – sort of look at where it's coming from yeah. and what, what are we really trying to say well, here? Well, there was a really interesting piece, and you'll laugh at this, Dr. Mark. This CEO, her name was Sarah Vizi, made the comment that we should look to partner with Amazon Clinic to bring together patients and providers around their marketplace. I thought that was quite interesting. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I, again, the, she's right there. She's right yeah, there in the yeah, Seattle area. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I think they're I think they're looking for quotes from the wrong people. I think we need to talk yeah. to people that are on the East Coast yeah. and say, you know, how does this yeah. work? Because, you know, they, they got into this, but they didn't just create something. They bought several companies. Well, they bought um, One Health. Yeah, One Health was with. the biggest one, yeah. And they're also working with Curai, C-U-R-A-I Health, Hello Alpha, Steady MD, and a telehealth program called Wheel. The B-H-E-E-L. Right. They don't own any of those, but they've contracted with them to build right. that network throughout the country. Yeah, and, and the next step yeah. will be yeah. oversight. And they'll yeah. be, and, and to be fair, you know, once that – the size is going to allow them to bring down costs and it will allow them yeah. to communicate with the insurance companies and have, have much more favorable yeah. favorable accounts with the insurance yeah. companies. And so it's, it's going to be interesting. I can't – so the question we started with was mm-hmm. can hospitals compete? Right. And, Larry, the, the thing is – Hospitals are, have to look at this one of two ways. They can either say, look, we're the bricks-and-mortar hospital. We have a purpose, That's right. and we're going to be perfect at this purpose. We're going to really tear this up, or we're going to compete. And they're yeah. going to compete in different ways. They'll be, right. They're still going to compete with bricks-and-mortar right? because the emergency rooms, the urgent care centers, the freestanding emergency rooms People are, are go all there. businesses right. that are going to work That's right. despite what this is. This could fold into a partnership where these telehealth things are, are for follow-up. You know, how do we keep yeah. well, patients out of the hospital? 
and decrease complications. And one of the ideas here is communication. And if communication improves, then outcomes should improve. So I don't see this as being hospital competition necessarily. It's just hospitals that have money, they they could get into this game all by themselves. Now they're competing, and now they're probably going to lose. Well, see, I look at this two ways, Dr. Mark, because we do it every day. I look at how does telehealth actually provide continuity of care and also transition of care. That's always going to be a local situation where a large health system is going to be involved. Yep. And, you know, they say that the service like Amazon Clinic will be mostly beneficial to patients with minor episodic health problems and people mainly, too, without health insurance. Right, right. I mean, it's going to be very, very uh, tele-urgent care. Yeah. I mean, so. You pay $39 for a telehealth visit. They order you a a Z-Pack if you've got a bad cold. You're you're set. Yep. I mean, I think the real real concern comes in as the, the folks that sit on the boards of this type of company mm-hmm. are much more akin to what's going on in the, t- in the technology world than the medical world. And I don't want to insult any physicians that work with those groups. I don't mean that. I'm just saying it comes from a, a DNA of technology, not a DNA of med- medical care. Right. And so that's where they're going to see solutions, some of which are going to be great. Mm-hmm. Some of it, you know, do you really want AI involved in listening to a set of symptoms, exactly. coming up with a diagnosis, yep. Yep. and then then giving it prescription. I mean, exactly. obviously, that, there's, no, there's got to be a human well, factor in there. Well, you know, they've there. got the Amazon Pharmacy, too. Well, so yeah. they so, can order that right there. Right, yeah, yeah. but they still, still, have to have a, still have to have a prescription. But, right. But, right. They, but that's why they get into it. I mean, they, they are looking at having soup to nuts. If yep. there's yep. No, no difference from CVS Health, right? So yep. CVS Health has all the products, and they have a health care product, yep. a health care insurance product, and what they're missing is, is the large bricks yeah, and mortar. Yeah, yeah. So it's separated. It's different. Yeah. And it's, it'll probably stay that way. And, and yeah. since I brought up CVS Health, you yeah. probably have a few well, things you want to talk let about. Let me finish up, too. Okay. Amazon actually rolled out their virtual appointments in all 50 states August 1st. Oh, okay. Just 10 Brand days new. ago. Inter- yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe maybe we should go on and make an appointment. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, so let's jump on to CVS Health because well, you know, that's CVS definitely Health growing. CVS bought Oak Street Health which supposedly had uh, 169 clinics in 21 states. Now CVS uh, says that we are going to build another 50 Oak Street clinics around the country. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I, have to, I have to admit, I don't know Oak yeah. Street. Are you Oak Street's headquartered in Chicago. Okay. Yeah. They're actually part of our ACO group under the CVS Health Accountable Care. Got it under yeah. the new the under new plan. The new, I'll probably meet some of these people this week in Chicago. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so they've got new access. So instead of yep. adding in, they're adding on to an existing group. So yep. I mean that that seems seems smart. They I paid ten point nine billion dollars for this Oak Street, and now they're going to build fifty new clinics and expand it even further. Wow. Man. That's and you know they just bought Signify Health. Which is a home health company for eight billion dollars. Right. So they're they're looking at again going into this market of outpatient care. They have telehealth. Uh, they have telehealth issues as well. Yep. And yep. and really staying away from the bricks and mortar outside what their retail stores are and what their you know add-ons to the retail stores being a primary care office. Right. So again, looking at all the different pieces, I suppose it's kind of easy to sit in the boardroom when you've got you know ten billion dollars. 
to spend on something if you exactly. can see that it's going to grow back yeah. Yeah. and the the uh, the successful become more yeah. successful, I suppose. Well, you know, I think it's interesting. At the same time that they announced they're going to build 50 more Oak Street clinics, CVS also announced last week that they're dropping, they're going to reduce their workforce by about 5,000 positions. The workforce in those in Oak Street or? Uh, no, in CVS Health overall. Interesting. 5,000 people they're going to lay off and mostly None that have to do with their retail operations, all management. Oh, well, you, oh, you said physicians, not yeah, physicians. Yeah. You said you said P- you positions. physicians. Okay, physicians. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was I'm just sorry. like they just hired all these yeah. all these primary but care. They're dogs. laying off uh, five thousand people across the country. Now you got to remember they've got ten thousand CVS stores, right? And then they've got they own Caremark, mm-hmm. they own all these other things, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess with the acquisition of Signify Health and Oak Street. They see an opportunity to kind of, you know, yeah, there may be some, some duplication some, and, and uh, some equity and savings. Yeah. Interesting. Know? Okay. Yeah. All, right. But, All right. But I thought that's quite a, that's a big a layoff. Shift. I mean, considering what the job market looks at like yeah. today, that's, that's not something yeah. you're, you're hearing yeah. a lot of is, is a successful yeah. company that is definitely yeah. winning yeah. laying off. Well, I mean, it's interesting in the first quarter of this year, Q1 of 2023, CVS recorded a net income of $2 billion. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they they just spent ten. That's billion. a lot they of just, zeros, they, they, Doctor Mark. They, they spent ten billion on Oak Street. So That's you right. know, I mean, and they made it back in three months. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Oh my goodness. It's crazy. And their share actually went up from a dollar forty eight. Uh, their their per share dividends went up from a dollar forty eight to two dollars and twenty one cents. Oh, that's just the dividends. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. pretty strong. Yeah. Do we have this? What are they trading at these that's days? That's like I a fifty percent. Dividend increase. Yeah, it's pretty strong. No, we don't do math here because yeah. I can already point yeah. out that we've already yeah. messed up some math. Well, so. of that $2 billion income, mm-hmm. they recorded revenue of almost $90 billion in the first quarter. All right, $90 billion. Remember, okay. we, we had talked earlier in another show mm-hmm. that Optum had overall income of like $440 billion. And CVS was right up behind them at four hundred twenty-one billion. Right, right. And that's pretty much showing where they were. Yep, Inter- interesting. But yep. they had a 7.8% increase. Uh, no, actually, they had a ten percent increase in year over year. Yeah. Okay. These now the, people are rocking, Doctor. Now, now, what's what's the restructuring discussion? Okay, the restructuring is basically that they're laying off these five thousand people. They look to reduce their expenses by eight hundred million dollars through restructuring and layoffs to compensate for rising expenses, soft retail performance, and the Oak Street expansion. Gotcha. Yep. So, I mean, I, they're I, I guess. They're just being responsible, yeah. and it's yeah. sad that that what ends up being the losers here are our employees. Yeah. And you know, in, in today's, That's as right. I was saying, the job market yeah. is challenging. Um, but yeah. every month, the job reports goes left, goes right. I mean, it's it's uh, always always in the news, but not very steady. So so that is that is interesting. Yeah. I mean, obviously. A lot of things going on at CVS Health, yes. huge company. Yes. They've got a lot of, and they're one of our partners. And as right. you no, know, no, they no. own Aetna too. So. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, they have a plan. It's that they're so far. I mean, the only thing that worries me—not the only thing—but I worry about the layoff. Is if is it a, is a symptom of something else? Yeah. Um, because otherwise, you know, they've really been the player that has most consistently done what they said yeah. they were going to do, grown, right. and and moved on and on. So. Yeah. But you remember we talk about stars and all that? Right. The ratings and yeah, the quality sure. ratings. Aetna took a hit from a four-star rating. 
cost them a billion dollars this year. Oh, yeah. Are, so are they four-star or they were? They were. Now they're three and a half. Three and a half. And yeah, you need to yeah. be a five-star yeah. to, and they, yeah. to be They narrowly missed achieving a four-star rating, which cost them a billion dollars from the payers. Just a billion. From CMS. Back with more Healthcare Now soon. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and uh, we're going to talk about all things healthcare as usual. Always a lot of changes going on. I think, you know, in the recovery from the uh, pandemic, we talked about hospital closures and the vast, vast, vast majority of those hospital closures, they occurred in rural areas. And so the, the cry out was, well, we're, we're going to have a lot of people that just flat don't have access. Yep. And when we talk about the top problems in healthcare, access is yep. always in the conversation as a top problem in right. healthcare. And it's interesting, Dr. Mark, Commonwealth Fund just did an international health policy survey and found that one third of Americans live in rural areas actually skipped medical care last year. Uh, you know, I, well, how, I wonder how that compares and that represents I mean, yeah. 46 million people yep. that live in underserved rural areas with health care. Yeah, so 46 yep, million out of, yeah, out of 46 million yep. out of the 330 million. Yep. Wow. No, it's 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 going it's going to be really a tragedy if we don't see some improvement here. And and the yeah. call out was to, you know, these local governments can't afford to to do this. Right. And businesses are not apt to do this. Yeah. But, you know, in a previous uh, episode, we talked about Orlando Health going yeah. into a relatively, relatively yep. rural area, yep. not not tremendously rural, but right, a relatively right. rural area, and to see if, if they could be the answer to that spot. Yeah. Yeah. So are we seeing more of that? Well, it's interesting. Yes, we are, because, as you know, health equity is on the mind of every regulator at CMS, HHS, and everybody in healthcare. And the research found that there are significant disparities among between urban and rural health facilities and even pharmacies. And to help improve these conditions, as you were talking about, the research recommended that policies be put in place to guarantee everyone health insurance, to increase use of telehealth. What about that? Mm -hmm. We just talked about that. Sure. And recruit and retain more healthcare workers in these rural areas. Yeah, I mean, I think the telehealth has a place, yes. but but it's the higher acuity care that it obviously cannot deliver. That's right. And I mean, that's where we're going to get hurt. And this yep. is this is not a new world problem in the United States. This is yep. an old world problem. Yes. And it's a problem that you know Castro saw in Cuba when yep. he first took yep. power, and he realized that you know people out in the sticks would die from something that they'd be safe if they were in the city. And he took that upon himself to create this primary care network. The the problem being you couldn't get high level care. Don't don't be giving Castro chops. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm saying so the the misstep there is is that they have, yeah, they have primary care strength, but they don't have specialty care strength. So we're now coming from a a place that is obviously it's not so similar, but we're talking about the same problem. And what we need to make sure we're addressing is the high acuity stuff as well. And I mean, what are we going to do? Well, do you remember the, uh, we had a, incident that we talked about several months ago we had a patient lived in a rural area in the northeast mm-hmm. had a had a heart attack 
and they had to drive an hour to the hospital and the patient didn't make it. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and that's, that's that. not an uncommon yeah. story. Yeah. And, you know, to, to that view, I mean, there people live in cities for a reason. All right. So yep. cities, yep. cities usually sprout up where there was a water source mm-hmm. and they kind of neighborhoods grow and things grow and grow and grow. It's less likely to have these small pockets out there, which is why it is the minority of the country, right? Right. right. And but at the same time, it's still nearly fifty million people that we have to address their health care. Now, if anyone says that it's all equal across the board, they're just not being honest. Well, because they don't understand. Not, I mean, even yeah. even within yeah. in my patient population, when I had a child that had a severe enough problem that, mm-hmm. that was a long-term care type of issue right i mean right. i would tell the families that lived out in rural areas like you know you're gonna have the second you think there's a problem you're gonna have to head here to orlando because if you go to your local urgent care center emergency room or even hospital right. they're not going to touch a baby that has this problem right and right. and it's right. just they, they don't have the, the people that are used to doing that. And so it does absolutely delay care. And there's, there's a number of things, even in pediatrics, mm-hmm. there are, are surgical emergencies that right. six hours can be life or death. Right. And right. I mean, just like with heart attacks or strokes. So it's, it goes across the board. I think we often talk about the more common stroke and heart attack stories. We do. But it, it happens throughout anywhere because right. it's, you know, right. it can be trauma, yeah. which can affect any age group. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, it's really something that we're going to have to come yeah. up with the, the right answer well, to, you know, in these rural areas, we also talk about how do people actually access healthcare? And, you know, we've got healthcare.gov, the old Obamacare. And, you know, that thing has really grown to like 20 million people because of the access that the Biden administration has given people ec- well, extra enrollment. Well, times. yeah, let's not, yeah. let's not confuse access yeah. with insurance. Right, because you can have the best insurance policy in the world, and if right. you don't have a place to go get care when you need it, right. then you still have a huge access right. problem. And the only reason I said that is this Commonwealth Fund, when in some of the findings, also found that people in rural areas were less access to get health insurance than even in the urban. I mean, areas. Well, why would you get health insurance if you can't spend it? That's right. I mean, that's exactly. That's, right. It doesn't. I mean, yeah, it doesn't just right. doesn't matter. That's right. I mean, and it's not part of your culture. Yeah. And to be fair, a lot of folks. They probably make the decision that there are so many things on their list, you know, if they put pros and cons, the pros of living out there versus the cons are, you know, out, outweigh. That's why they're there, you know, and, and there's a financial yeah. issue that, that their cost of living right. may actually be lower. And even right. if they wanted to move yeah. to the city, they yeah. couldn't afford to do it. Well, it's interesting because I can give you some numbers on what we're talking about. You know, we talked about 46 million people live in rural areas that are underserved. Five million of those are actually have no health insurance at all. Yeah. So that's yeah. What percentage is that? So it's about twelve. So that 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 jives. I mean, that's actually lower than the general population. It it? is. So yeah. Yeah. So that's that's one of those facts that you can read, but you got got it. They really do have to do the math to see. But but you know, I want to go back and talk about for a minute. You really hit on something that uh, I think we've we've tried to emphasize on this show is telehealth certainly is an access to a, a minor minor problem, right? But it'll never cover the emergencies, Mm-mm. the nope. the the trauma, Mm-mm. and all nope. those kinds of things, Doctor Mark. So, how do we build trauma care in rural areas? Well, you can't. It's not going to happen. There you go. I mean, yep. it's just not going to happen. So you need transport, right? And so somehow, perhaps, telehealth will decrease the response time because if if 
if someone who is responding with transport, you know, by ground or air, if they know what's going on isn't something that's necessary, then they don't have to put resources towards it. But if they do a telehealth visit and if we've got, you know, any any type of at-home monitoring that we can say, no, this person's really in trouble, we can act upon that and have fewer, you know, false responses. Mm-hmm. But we're not there. No. I mean, I mean, that's that's uh, that's sci-fi at this point. Yeah. You know, and we're just not at that yeah. level. Well, you know, it's interesting. We, we talk about national, even global issues regarding health care. But in our local market here in Florida, particularly central Florida, we're pretty fortunate. Oh, for sure. Because of the health access. Oh, absolutely. And not only that, it continues to grow because you got 10,000 people yep. a week moving into Florida. Yep. No. Yep. And, and I, you know, I was talking to a, a friend who's going through some health stuff and we were talking about, you know, he was statistics on outcomes. And the reality is that when you, if you pick any disease problem that has a, a, a mortality rate that you're going to talk about, right. A large portion of that mortality rate is, it's going to be accounted for outside the metropolitan area where there mm-hmm. are well-developed transport mm-hmm. systems and well-developed hospital systems. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the city, you know, the numbers are different. And we know this mm-hmm. because that's that's what we talk about when we talk about access all the time. We know that mm-hmm. if you're going to have a, a stroke in a rural area, your outcome yeah. is, is likely, just statistically, right. likely to be worse than if you – had one in a place that has a fast response team. So none of this is a surprise. And economically, I mean, the hospitals, you know, it's, it's kind of unfair when we talk about people spend hospital groups spending billions of dollars on growth or, or companies spending billions of dollars on other companies. Right. So when you say, well, you know, it's just too expensive. Well, I I get it. Obviously not. It's not health system. It's not profitable. Right. Is, is the answer to that That's is right. it's not profitable. Right. So how do we make that rural access to care yeah. make sense? Yeah. And with with 49, yeah. 49 million people or 46 million people, it just doesn't move the needle. Right. Right. And right. so I don't know. I, yeah. there, In fact, not I don't a great even answer. think I told you this, but we're actually talking to one of our large payer partners mm-hmm. that want to do some rural uh, work and are interested in talking to a college of medicine right. in regards to that. Oh, really? So yeah. we're going to be talking about that later. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, yeah. we, I mean, we with do... With a grant, with a grant. Right, we yeah. do rural medicine um, at, at Florida Hospital, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. at, at uh, FSU. Yep. Um, we've got several rural campuses. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one in Thomasville, Georgia, even though it's right across the border. I know exactly where Thomasville yeah, is. Yeah, we do. Yep. We have one in Mariana, and we have one down in Immokalee. Mm-hmm. Okay. And okay. then we also have folks that have graduated from it that, that tend to go to areas that are in between cities that are mm-hmm. that are less less close to service. Yeah. Now rural health is yeah. is a, it's part of our our mission to find those mm-hmm. to serve those that are underserved. Well, evidently there's some grants coming your way because I just got a call on this this past week. Yeah, there's there I I know that Immokalee has uh mm-hmm. had some activity there but yeah. yeah, if we can if we can get involved with that I definitely have the right Thomas people to Thomasville's I think right on the Florida line there. Correct. Yeah, it's in not the panhandle. It's, yeah, it's only t- 25 minutes from Tallahassee, from Tallahassee. right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So we have, cause we have some of our faculty live yep. in Thomasville yep. and still, you know, come yep. down to the main campus there. You know, while we're talking about access, Dr. Mark, it was an interesting situation. You know, we've, we have Nemours here, mm-hmm. the big Nemours hospital out in Lake Nona. 
And evidently up in New Jersey, the you state— You say that like a southerner, by the way. That, that's right. It's, Nemours. It's, it's, it's French. It's, it's Nemours. Nemours, yes. Oh, yes, excuse yes. me. It's, it's a French. town in France. Listen, know, so. I know you just went to France. I it's know. Okay. I, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> but Nemours. Nemours, okay. Uh, evidently, the state of New Jersey—and, you know, all states are are working hard to maintain their Medicaid programs. Right. At this point, so Nemours, uh-huh. it, Nemours only operates in—, in like Del- Delaware, uh, and which also and serves New, New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah, well, they, 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 yeah. they serve yeah. New Jersey yeah. and in Florida. So yeah. the Nemours Foundation, um, that's where they fo- that's where their their stride is to focus okay. their health care is in those yeah. those two areas. Yeah. Well, evidently the state of New Jersey dedicated. You're going to laugh at this, but it's really not funny. Twenty million dollars in their budget to keep New- Nemours in the New Jersey Medicaid system. They took the money and pulled out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that and again, yeah. you know what? I and you could re- speak to this better than me, but I bet you the twenty million still didn't cover their cost. No, no, because I mean that that is a we, we were talking rural areas. This is not a rural area. That's this right. is a, a That's densely right. populated area. Yeah. Yep. And and you know they're talking about. I'm sure it's the Delaware system that extends over into New, New Jersey, Jersey for the, service. It, well, it's actually the New Jersey Medicaid system run by the state of New Jersey. Yeah. Well, no, I yep. know, but but yep. it's the it's the Alfred Dupont yep. estate. That that has yeah. the Delaware service and they yeah. have they have outpatient facilities yeah. just like they do here in Florida. Yeah. Um, they've been doing a lot yeah. longer up there, yeah. but yeah, no, this was they're this trying was to find a way to keep them in the system. Yeah, yeah. On, honestly, this is a pretty good good black eye that uh, I mean it made the news and yeah, and, 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 and yeah. made the rounds. And I'll, I'll just tell you right now, I got I got oh, so you I got, knew about oh yeah this. I got te- okay. I got texts about it. I got oh, link, really? LinkedIn taps about it because you know it's it's it is. In Florida, it's 100% for kids. Right. And in right. Delaware, it's for kids and the elderly is right. where the money goes. Right. right. And so there, there's always a, a, a back and forth, but, but pretty interesting stuff here. What right. do we got coming up? Uh, we're going to talk about three major challenges for private equity investors in healthcare, and we talk about that all the time. Absolutely. We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. You found Dr. Mark and Larry Jones in the Healthcare Now studios, and we're going to move on and talk about some uh, new topics. Um, we'll, uh, you know, I think that that rural health is is super important, and we're going to we're going to all come back to that. Um, just, just I don't know. It's hard to find good news there. It is. Well, you know, even in the accountable care world, the value based care world, we we deal with the payers every day, and what they're asking is, how are you helping our members that live in rural areas? Yeah. No, I mean, it's a, it's a very fair we question. We deal with it every day. Very fair yeah. question. Yeah. All right. So we were going to talk about the three major challenges for private equity investors yeah. in the healthcare system, and which is funny to me because – so we we talk about private equity as being one of the ways that healthcare has grown, yes. supposedly, especially in the last 15 years, mm-hmm. where, where private equity comes in and, and says, well, if we put together a group of cardiologists, okay, yep. and we learn how to really – market for and get insurance payments for cardiology. Right. Well, we, maybe we'll buy one here and we'll work all the way up the coast right. or all the way across these states and, and grow that. Yep. And, and with those numbers, we're going to yep. you know decrease our overhead, right. 
increase our yeah. collections. And this and, category you know, of private equity is not large health systems. Let's make no, sure no, no. our listeners yeah. understand that. Right. No, they can't. No, they come yeah. in. This is corporate money. This, this is corporate money yeah. that, right. that goes into usually a physician group, but it can also be right. like a health clinic system. True. And they come in and they'll they'll say, okay, this is what your revenue is. Okay, if you keep your revenue at that point, we're going to increase your profit because right. Right. that's what we do. We're in business. We know how to manage. We can see that our contracts are going to be better, and and yep. we're gonna we're gonna yep. predict. But but typically they'll they'll keep the physician in possibly as a shareholder or possibly in just they'll they'll give them a, a payout in the yep. beginning. And then say, well, you need to stay with us yep. for, for five years. Although yep. they've kind of dropped that because it's been yep. so successful. They used to come in and say, basically, they'd say, okay, if you're making this much money over a yep. five-year period, we're going to pay you a seven-year period all up front. You only have to stay with us for five years, and we'll we'll carry you around at a much lower yep. salary for yep. that five years. Yep. But if you leave too soon, you owe us the money back. Well, they dropped right. that. Right. They, they pretty much right. just say, right. we're going to give you this lump sum. And so you can have this big chunk of change in your bank account and then continue to do your job just like you were. Yeah. But the biggest problem they have is that your productivity is going to drop That's right. no matter how, who you are, how hard work you are. Quality could suffer. Yeah, yeah, quality could likely suffer. Yeah, yeah. So, so but, what, uh, that's, but I, haven't, I haven't touched yeah. this article. Well, let me, so you let me just it. give you some stunning numbers, Dr. Mark. Give me some stunning numbers. Private equity is I'll big, sit down. It's big business. Oh, yeah, no question. In the last few years, $2 trillion have been invested in private equity. Two and a half trillion. Yeah, and this. Yeah, don't skip that half trillion because I mean, you know, I mean, if you were going to like toss over half yeah. trillion to okay, one of us, yeah, you know, I, I mean, mean what's five hundred million dollars? Uh, I don't know, no, no five hundred billion dollars. I'm five hundred billion. So, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. But the SEC, the Security Exchange Commission, recently reported that private funds in healthcare gross assets now surpass commercial banking of twenty five trillion dollars. Wow, we're talking assets. Wow, and that includes. 12 million are employed by private equity backup companies. Right. 32,000 plus private equity businesses since wow. 2017. 32,000. And this is Dr. just in Martin. this is just in the medical yeah. space, yeah. And 34 million Americans depend on private equity to support not only their retirement but their health care. Yeah. I mean it's it has grown and there's so many different groups. I don't know if it's probably there's no way for them to know how many yep. PE groups there are working because right. frankly, yep. you know, it doesn't, you don't have to start yep. huge, right? you know, and, right. and you sort of, sort of grow organically, yep. you know, if you have a, have a success, in fact, in Florida, the ones that we've seen fail are the ones that have grown really fast where yep. they had yep. a right. large amount of acquisition yep. money. And I think they just were a little too loose in how they spent yep. it. Well, and so they, they run into trouble. Yeah. Well, the MedPAC, the Medicare Payment Advisory Commission released a report just recently stating that private equity investments play an important role providing hospitals, nursing homes, and physician practices with needed capital to increase a complex healthcare landscape. And we've talked about that. Sure. But the issue there also, that brings federal oversight and scrutiny. Oh, yeah. So if they're, if they're dealing with Medicare and Medicaid, yeah. then yeah. it's the Department of Justice right. that knocks on yeah. your door if you're not doing right. something right. Yeah. So. And and the the interesting part, and you know, we we talk a little bit about numbers and business here, but the issue here with these private equities normally it's a five to seven year ex- exit plan, Doctor Mark. Right. So what is that? Where does that put healthcare? 
Well, I mean, it's it's another model. And so yeah, the idea yeah. is it's going to test the system for this particular group is is how can they be successful? Mm-hmm. Because as as we say, you know, you have to do well to do yeah. good. And so if these these groups can't hold it together, yeah. even with the assistance of private right. equity, what they've wasted there is personal investment. Yeah. And it's just yeah. gone, but yeah. they they have kind of pushed the envelope to say you weren't going to make yeah. it. I yeah. mean that that wasn't going to happen. So right. what they do is when they step out, they may so let's say they they buy a uh, a 10 physician group, right? Okay? And mm-hmm. so they write them a check. Yep. And let's say 5 years later they reassess and because they're just a business they yep. look on their spreadsheet yep. and they're going to go that 10 person group that we bought in Eustis we're 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 going to we lost we're, money. We're, yep. So yep. we're going to give it back to them. Right. All right. So it may work out yep. because now the new group if they if they played their their cards well for that past 5 years they've been sitting on a, a good bit of cash. Right. right. And if they right. want to keep practicing yep. now they have their practice back and that happens yep. but but the problem is mm-hmm. It's an extremely disruptive process, yes, and those 10 physicians, so. yep. there's almost no way that all 10 of them are going to yep. be there in five years because some people, once it happens, they're done. Well, they, they it's just interesting walk away. you talk about that five, year, five to seven-year exit strategy because what they, they, do, they look at three things originally. Can we expand our land ownership? We're going to reduce overall operating costs sure, overhead. And, and grossly increase our revenue. That's that's it in a nutshell. I mean, well, is building it, equity. Isn't that a business model if you're selling hot dogs or doing health care? I mean, it's, it's, well, it's I don't know about amount. buying the land part, but yeah. well, I mean, you need a place to put yeah. your hot dogs. Dance. Exactly. Right. So right. so so right. it's access to your hot dogs. Yeah. No, and that but that's sort of the point, Larry, is is that this is a business model, not a healthcare model. That's right. And some would argue that well, you shouldn't that that doesn't go right because you know business is business, healthcare yep. is healthcare. But if healthcare models are unsuccessful from a business perspective, yep. they're done. Yep. So, exactly. so the idea was some people thought, and and these are folks that that say, okay, you're right. I, I'm I'm going to sign on the dotted yep. line. I'm going to go for it because they believe right. that this is going to work, right. and it and it has worked. Yeah, and it we've has already hit well on the first in a lot of places uh, challenge that we talked about: heightened regulatory scrutiny. Right, and the FTC and the SEC are examining the correlation between private equity ownership. Mm-hmm. And consumer choices and practices. So monopolies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, I guess. Turf. I'm, turf. Yeah, yeah. I guess we haven't we haven't seen that as much in our market. That's right. Because there's been, yeah. you know, what's been interesting in our market mm-hmm. is most of these companies, as I said earlier, you may have this group that goes after cardiology. So here we yeah. we yeah. see an anesthesia group get involved with a nationally known anesthesia conglomerate. And then, but we see an ER group yep. get involved with the same kind of, but a totally mm-hmm. different set of people. And the argument being that that even though it's all business, the business of emergency medicine versus the business of of you know some other type of things like anesthesia is different. Mm-hmm. So right. people learn these things yep. and they kind of grow. But the groups like Sheridan is a big group that has gone in. Uh, in and out of different specialties, yep. and so they'll they'll put their toe in the water on something different. Right, Mednax, right. same way. Yep. And they they'll find out where they're going to get burned and kind of learn from their mistakes, hopefully. But it is it is a it's a growing process, and yep. and it's it's not it's not slowing down. I well, mean, it's, it, it's definitely going to continue. And again, we we kind of hit on that uh, regulatory scrutiny, but also the maturity wall. We talk about the exit strategy. And uh, it's it's interesting that these P 
PE companies, private equity companies, look to bring a 26% return to their investors. Right, because they have to beat yeah. the best market. That's right. They have to do that's better than you would do in real estate. Yeah. yeah. Well, they usually yeah. set their margin. That's what they're looking for. Right. But if their margin is 12%, right. they're going to beat market. Right. right. That's right. And so so they're, they're going to do that. And the, the that's the difference and between – And the hedge funds jump on board. Right. Right, exactly. That's so, right. so yeah. if they can grow to, if they can leave, grow to to the next level of venture capital, mm-hmm. and then you have big investment, yep. you multi billion dollar yep. companies that say, oh, well, there's an asset. I have to spend. I earned money. I need to spend money. Yep. Yep. And and so you can see yep. how that works. Yeah. But but what we haven't seen yet is PE growing to such a size that it's yep. the next Amazon. Right. You know, or right. even that it's the well, next you know, it's large healthcare you talk system. About these com- we actually work with a mental health company that kind of specializes in dementia and Alzheimer's. Uh-huh. And they're looking for a funding round. And they've and we've been working with them for a while in our value based programs. Right. They're actually having me talk to some of their venture capital people sure. to see if they're comfortable with investing in that organization. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah I mean, and there you have the it's it's a now it's almost like angel investments. Right. You know, where they're right. where you're hoping to look for for groups that aren't necessarily looking for a big return, but looking yeah. for, you know, a way to to erase their uh, carbon footprint, yeah. if you will, you know, and yeah. just try to try to get get some good out of their. Well, money. when you consider our healthcare market is a four point six trillion dollar market and expected to increase a minimum of five percent a year for the next decade, Doctor right. Mark. Yep. How do you lose? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's that's right. it, it's a business that's going to continue yeah. to generate dollars being yeah. passed around, and that's exactly. that's how we that's how we run the economy. Yeah. Now, I really think that it's it's something that is going to grow, and and when you look at these entities, the only I don't know, I, I don't know it's not really a downside. The reality is they are they are business minded. But are you going to tell me that the big hospital systems aren't business minded? You know, they're, yep. they, they are. So so we've really lost complete, completely lost control yep. of of medicine being controlled by the medical professionals. That's right. I guess that that ship sailed some Big time business. ago. Big it's, business. And it is. It's, yep. a, it's a huge business. Big business. And it's interesting. These PE companies, they look at employer health cost, obviously, and active access to health care patients right. and helping them educate themselves. But the other thing they're looking at they know the growth of geriatric medicine is incredible. Right. And this Oak Street Health mm-hmm. that we talked about. Sure, with Orlando they are Health. all geriatric medicine. Oh, you didn't tell me that. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. well, interesting. Yeah, all interesting. Medicare clinics. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Wow. No, that, yeah. so that, that, that even makes it make more sense. I mean, we yeah. talked about that a yeah. bit ago, and that, that makes even more sense that they would be getting into a market like that right. because, right. because that, it's easy to predict what those numbers are going to look like. You know, yeah. we're, we're uh, we're obviously not doing such a shabby job in healthcare, given that no. you know we've got more elderly that are going to be with us and hopefully have healthy lives. But that's yep. that's really the answer. Yeah, absolutely. Larry, that we covered a lot of stuff here today. We did. This was a good show. Hope Dr. everybody uh, hope everybody enjoyed the show. And uh, what do you, what do you say? You want to do it again next week? I think we will. I'll see you then. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Now. To find the answers you are looking for or have a question, you can reach Larry and Dr. Mark by emailing your questions and comments to follow us at healthcarenow.us. And we'll continue our discussion same time next week on navigating our complex healthcare system on Healthcare Now. On Healthcare Now. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.